The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. How are we going to manage a culture in which there's such diversity while still maintaining some sense of unity? The political scene, that ha- which has revealed much about what is yet unresolved in the collective American psyche, particularly with last night's uh, Electoral College decision. We've seen hatred, misogyny, abuse, and profound, uh, profound unwillingness to even consider the option of acceptance of diversity. So what do we do with that? How can we find unity in that? Well, the journey to wholeness that's part of our collective unconsciousness has not been halted in its tracks because what was always there has now been revealed. Rather, this is an opportunity for us to grow into wholeness on a whole other level. Once the dark, murky, swamp-like energy of the shadow comes forth into our vision, we can then do something about it. And now is the time to do it. You want to stay here for this whole show today. we got some real good talking to do. So this morning when I woke up, well, maybe I should say about 3 o'clock in the morning when I was still laying there awake. And then again, when I woke up this morning, I was so discouraged that I thought that perhaps I might not even be able to do this show today. The bleakness of what looks to be our our next four years and the p- possibilities of such inhumane treatment of other people uh, in a diverse population um, and the reduction of environmental concerns and the possibility for starting problems with other nations, all of those things look really, really bad. Um, and and so, you know, we have people on the other side sort of laughing like they've won a football game, sort of saying, well, you know, we won, y'all lost, you're the loser. I even had somebody on Facebook tell me today that I was a loser. And uh, uh, it was interesting because that that whole idea, that Trumpian idea of the loser is very much out there right now. And that's also a part of our collective unconscious material that has to do with shame. And we're going to spend some time talking about that unconscious material. But before we go there, I want to talk a little bit about why it is that people who voted for Clinton, who, by the way, won the popular vote, uh, it was the electoral college that had her losing, um, if we didn't have an electoral college, we'd be looking at a much different scene today, are people who had some hope. And I can tell you what my hope was like. I can't tell you what everyone else's was like. But mine was like this. I believed that maybe we were going to be able to launch that ideal, that ideal that said that everyone in this country 
was free to pursue happiness in his or her own way. That ideal that the, that the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence held forth when they first wrote that preamble that said that we all had that right to pursue happiness in our own way, that whoever we wanted to marry was okay, that uh, we, could, we could love people of another race, that we could love people of the same sex, that we could change genders if we needed to, that we could, that we could uh, be at peace with other nations, that we weren't going to bully other nations into compliance with the American way. Uh, you know, uh, there was there so much that, that women could be women, that women could be women and feel powerful, and that was okay. Uh, that uh, that there's not that rape culture that's so prevalent out there that says that a woman's body is an object for a man to use in any way he wants. I had an ideal. I had a hope that that was going to go by the way, and that we were going to be able to establish a society that didn't have that in it. But guess what? We weren't ready. We weren't ready, psychologically ready, to establish a society uh, that, that, was that, that lived out that ideal because the shadow was still there. If the shadow wasn't there, there would not be at least half of the culture saying we, we want to live in hate. We hate women. We hate gays. We hate the diversity. We hate Latinos. We hate Muslims. We hate, we hate, we hate. We wouldn't have that if it wasn't in our shadow. It's in every person's shadow. It's in all, all the people who voted for Hillary, all the people who voted for Stein, all the people who voted for Johnson. All of those people have shadow material that looks like all the people who voted for Trump. That shadow material needs to be looked at and loved and invited into our conscious awareness or we're not going to get past it. In fact, the more we think it's all about just those other people who voted for Trump, the less we're going to get past it. It's our time now to begin to look at that shadow material and to own it, to say, yep, that's in me. That kind of hate is in me. The fact is that kind of hate is in everyone because we're all scared we're all scared that, that we're going to lose, that we're going to feel ashamed, that other, somebody else is going to put us down, that, 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 uh, that, you know, that this other country is going to look better than our country, so we have to bully them into shape. We all have that fear, and we need to own it. It's possible that once we own it, we'll find something positive to do with it. Right now, it's just hanging around like this really hostile energy really hostile energy because it's out there. It's in our speech. It's in our actions. It's in the things that uh, we do. I read some, uh, some information about how it is that there's been more bullying since Trump was running for office and, and uh, there's been less understanding of the female gender and the female consciousness or the feminine consciousness uh, since he's been running for office. I don't know whether those are facts or not, but uh, but it is one person's, at least one person's opinion. Um, I think the thing that's the most interesting is something that John Pavlovitz said. He's a pastor who also writes for the Huffington Post. He said that the people that um, are uh, out there who don't understand why the Hillary voters are grieving need to understand something about it. They, they, he says that they think that it's, it's about losing an election like we lose a football game. 
You know, it's not winning a contest. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just sort of that feeling of, oh, we lost and you won. And the media, uh, as I was watching the media last night, uh, I, I felt that same thing from the media coverage, that, that it, they treat it like it's a game. That it's just, oh, uh, you know, Hillary's going to win or Hillary's going to lose or Trump's going to win or Trump's going to lose. And that's really all it's about. It's all about an election. It's about politics. It's not really about humanity. But it is about humanity. And that's what Pavlovitz says in his Huff, uh, Huffington Post blog. He says that, uh, that the reason we're grieving isn't because of a political defeat, but that we're lamenting a defeat for humanity. That there's a loss of humanity. That it's never been about politics. It's not about one candidate over another. It's not about blue versus red. It's not about her emails or his bad language. It's not about her dishonesty or his indecency. It's really about overt racism and hostility toward minorities. It's about religion being weaponized. It's about crassness and vulgarity and disregard for women. It's about a barricaded, militarized, bully nation. It's about an unapologetic, open-faced ugliness. Now, that's a quote from his, his blog. Um, I don't want to take credit for that. That's his words, not mine. But I, but I think he's right on. I think we're grieving our own shadow. I think that we're grieving the fact that these things exist within us as a collective. We are. Uh, the Hillary voters have an ideal. Uh, they were the same people who voted for Obama. They have an ideal that we might be able to create a nation of love, that we might be able to get deeper into our spiritual nature and be able to collectively unite with each other, that we might be able to be really participant in each other's lives in a way that makes us feel connected and hopeful and, and certain that, that our path is clear. But uh, that ideal, again, it's not the time for it right now. The time for right, what is up for us right now is our shadow. And our shadow is showing to everyone on the planet. We are no longer a nation. To other nations, we're no longer a nation of ideals. We're a nation with a very dark shadow. And it's apparent. And so, will they trust us? We'll see. We'll see whether or not they will trust us. But... If we begin to deal with our shadow, if we begin to reach out to people that are on that other side and love them and receive them and openly confess our love to them, that's us saying, okay, I've got this in me too. I know that what I see in you that I think is so ugly and crass and militarized and weaponized and hostile, whatever that is that I see in you is also in me. And I'm going to own that in me. And then I can reach out better to you. We all have murder in us. The fact is we all have murder in us. You push any one of us so far and we will find that murderous place. We have dark shadows. And our ideal image of America is so far away now from what the real, what we're acting out. That's why we have people uh, dismissing and seemingly dishonoring the American flag is because what we stand for isn't authentic anymore because we've failed to bring in our shadows. We haven't, we haven't brought the shadow into conscious awareness so that we can own it and then we can live both the ideal and the shadow material in some kind of wholeness that is rich with its depth. 
rich with its understanding of life. We, when we accept our shadow, we become whole. But the more we cast that shadow out on other people, the more we are half people. The more we're living into an, uh, an idealized version of reality. So what we've got to do on a psychological level as a people is, is to start being able to receive that darkness. So what is it like to receive that darkness? Well, uh, the first thing that happens when we begin to receive our darkness is that we, we grieve that we have it. And that's where we are today. We're grieving that we have this darkness. Now, not everyone's grieving. There's some rejoicing going out, on out there, too. Um, among the people that are, uh, that are Trumpers, they believe that, um, that what's happening is good and right and true and it's the way it should happen and, and that all of us other people were doing the wrong thing. As, as a matter of fact, it was really interesting to watch how uh, in the campaign – what Trump was accused of, he would turn right around and accuse Hillary of that same thing. He was accused of criminality with regard to his taxes. He turned right around and, and said that Hillary was a, a, a criminal. Um, and that's kind of the nature of the beast when we start trying to shame ourselves into awareness. We start blaming other people. So shame is going to cause blame and blame is going to cause more shame. And it's a vicious cycle. We don't ever get out of it. So we had to end this campaign at some point, and I've heard more people say, I'm so glad it's over. At least it's over. At least we don't have to go through the hell of the campaign anymore. And part of the hell of the campaign was this casting aspersions on, on each other so that, so that you know, we, we didn't know who was the bad guy and who was the good guy. And a lot of the people that followed Trump believed that Clinton was a terrible, terrible person because that's what he put out there. And a lot of the information that he put out there has been proven over and over again to be false. But that was our, that didn't matter. What mattered was uh, that, that, that this was an accusation that could be believed by a people who wanted to follow someone who had the kind of, of, of identity that Donald Trump has. So, you know, we can't look at that. We can't look at that anymore and say that's them and not us. I want to be really clear about that. We can't look at that anymore and say that's them and not us. We have to look at that and say that's us too. Because I'm going to tell you, on the far, far left, when I tried to have conversations with those people and try to invite them to, to, to uh, vote for Hillary and, because Bernie had suggested that this was not the time for a, for a protest vote, I, would, I said, you know, Bernie has asked us to follow that his leadership in that area and to trust him and to go ahead and vote for Hillary. I got just as much irrationality and hatred from that group as I got from groups that I spoke, tried to speak to who were Trump fans. So it's everywhere and, and we can find it in ourselves. We can start hating the Trump fans and talking about how, how, how horrible they were to, uh, to, to be doing what they did and voting for what they voted for. And they must all be misogynists. And they must all be racist. And they must all be, you know, uh, uh, against different faiths. They must all be uh, fundamentalist Christians. That's just not true. None of that's true. So we, we've got our own ideas. We've got our own hate. And we need to look at that and own that because that's where we will begin to see change. I am never a collective unit. Or an individual psyche is not going to evolve when it is split in half. 
and it is only split in half to the degree that we think that, oh, the bad stuff belongs to them over there, and the good stuff belongs to me in here. And uh, we, that thinking is just part of what we're working on right now. We may not be aware of it, and that's what I'm trying to do is make us more aware of it, that, that, uh, that if, we, if we stay stuck in they, 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 I'm a good guy and they're bad guys, then we're not going to grow through this. We'll spend the next four years fighting the bad guy, and it'll just be more of the same old stuff that was happening during the election. Somebody's going to lie about somebody else, and that person's going to lie about somebody else. And There's going to be this battle about who's telling the best lies and who's, who's the worst person and, uh, or the worst group of people, and we're not trying, we won't evolve. But if we can get behind the idea that we all need to receive that darkness that's out there, that's all about uh, fear and hatred, if we can receive that, if we can learn to love it, if we can say, okay, I see you, I see you in me, I know that you're in there, I know that you're dark, I know that you're not pretty to look at, but I'm going to look at you and I'm going to understand you and I'm going to... I'm going to believe that you have some kind of energy to give me. And then, then we'll be able to find a use for it. It won't be, it won't look the same once we've, we've done that work. It'll look very different, especially in terms of actions. But that work is what we are, we need to set about the business of doing right now. And so, as I said, it starts with grief and the grief is that, oh my God, that's in me. That, that ugly shadow, that that racism, that misogyny, that hostility, that uh, uh, fundamentalism, that crassness, that militarization of our of our identity, that unapologetic, open-faced ugliness—that is in me. No, 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 no. No, it's not. That can't be in me. And that's a part of our grief. Just being able to receive that and go, okay. That's in me too, and I'm going to receive that openly, and I'm going to start working on just being present with that part of me as well. Just sit with it. Don't try to change it. Don't try to lecture it. Don't try to shame it. Don't try to blame it. Just sit with it and just let it, let it explain itself to you. Let, it, let its feelings arise into your consciousness. Let, its, uh, let it introduce itself to you because right now... And for a long time, it's been a stranger to you that you could easily project onto other people and say, that's not in me, that's in them. But it is in you, it is in me, it is in all of us. And so that's, what, that's why it's up. That's why it's out there. It's because it's in all of us and, and we need to be able to deal with it. So, and we'll talk about, in the, in the next segment, we're going to talk about how that works in an individual psyche, and then we're going to say how it works in a collective psyche. But for, for now, I just want to basically say that this grief that we're feeling is in part because our ideals have been tarnished. Our ideals about who we are as a nation and who we are as a people and who we are as individuals and groups and families and churches, that's all been uh, you know, uh, disappointed, betrayed. We we feel like we we somebody has just thrown some dog poop on our glory, and there's a there's a deep sorrow with that, and we need to allow that sorrow to be there, 
so that it can it can create the kind of internal transformation that only sorrow can do. And we'll talk some more about that sorrow and what it does and how it does it right after the break. So we're going to be here for the next segment. We'll be talking about how this works right after this break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you just seem to be stuck in the same pattern over and over? Sometimes life seems to be about just spinning your wheels. It never has to be that way. Listen for Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with host Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. Mosaic art is a lot like pieces of our lives. They just need to be put back together, one piece at a time. You deserve to live a happy life. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's important to know as energetic beings how to feel grounded and healthy. We strive to help teach about the energetics within you and the world around you. Listen for Three Petals Healing with host Lauren Dillon Merrill. Through her experience and that of her guests, Lauren will bring you the support, encouragement, and knowledge to discover this every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking today about diversity within unity or in unity within diversity. But before we talk any more about that, I want to tell you what's coming up this weekend uh, on Oprah Winfrey Network, their own network. Um, it's an original 10-part docu-series called The Hero Effect from Dolphin Entertainment and the United Way. The series is going to premiere this Saturday, November the 12th, with two 30-minute episodes airing monthly on Saturdays from 10 to 11, Eastern and Pacific. The series is co-hosted by Donald Driver, who's the NFL Super Bowl champion and was also on Dancing with the Stars, and actress and advocate Emily Wilson, who was on Newsroom and Castle. 
Presented by the United Way and produced by Dolphin Entertainment, The Hero Effect is an uplifting docu-series that brings to life the stories of ordinary individuals who are making extraordinary differences in their communities. Shot on location in 10 different communities across the country, each episode will celebrate everyday heroes that facilitate beneficial life-changing impact on the people around them. The heroes featured in the series were identified in part through nominations from 1,200 local United Ways across the country. Each episode concludes with a call to action, encouraging viewers to visit www.heroeffect.com and connect with their local United Way or other community-based organizations to create positive change. So excellent uh, opportunity to connect with other people and uh, to bring out your own inner hero. And I really want to encourage you guys to watch that. It's coming up Saturday uh, 10 to 11 Eastern and Pacific. All right, so we're talking today about uh, how we can establish the unity that is in diversity and the diversity that is in unity. Uh, and what we've said thus far is that what we need to be looking at at this moment in our history is our shadow, is our collective United States of America's shadow. Uh, and it's out there right now for everyone to see, as I said, and it, it, the Canadians see it, the Mexicans see it, the Iranians see it, the Chinese see it, the Russians see it. Everybody sees that this is the dark underbelly of America. And uh, they could shame us for that, and they may, but we don't need to shame ourselves for it. We need to accept it because it's a part of the energy of being a human being. What we have been taught to believe is that we are supposed to live into a goodness, a light. We're supposed to, you know, never have anything in us that's that's what we could call bad. And part of that is our duality thinking about goodness and badness, which actually cancel each other out since one is dependent on the other for definition. But but uh, it's also because we have we live in a shame-based society. America is a shame-based society where we raise our children based on what it's going to look like if they if we don't raise them that way. And if we think our children don't know on some level that we're worried about us embarrassing them or them embarrassing us, then then we don't we're not paying attention much to shadows at all. Our shadow is something that gets projected onto our children every day. As parents it gets projected out onto others that we don't we just well, with all kinds of things we don't want to have to look at. And right now there's a projection of the, the, the good archetype against the bad archetype on both sides of the fence with the Trump, Trump people thinking that Hillary's people were criminal and, 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 or Hillary was criminal and horrible and awful and people in the other camp thinking uh, the, the Hillary camp or the Clinton camp thinking that the people on Trump's side were horrible. The truth is that there were some things that were at, that we have evidence of that really do demonstrate some misogyny, some racism, some, uh, some, some of the darkness that we don't want to have to see. But because it's really there, we could just say, oh, well, that's all we need to know. We could just say, well, I, I just need to know that those people are bad guys and Trump is a bad guy and therefore his people are bad guys and therefore that's all I need to know. But if we, if we take it a step further, then we grow as a nation. So let me tell you a little bit about my process this morning. I can share with you that because it it, uh, it sort of delineates a little bit about how we begin to accept this whole thing of shadow uh, in ourselves individually and as a collective. So when I got up this morning, I could not move. I, I, I sat very still. I didn't eat breakfast. I was in shock. 
And last night, before I went to sleep, I was physically shaking because I was that afraid of what was about to happen. Um, and what that meant was that I had, I, ha- I had sort of split off in my own psyche between who takes care of me and who doesn't. I mean, it's very easy for all of us to slip into an idea that says, um, these people take care of me. And if they don't take care of me, then I won't be okay. Uh, but the truth is, the divine takes care of me. And that is my soul. That's how I see the divine. Is as That's my very soul, my very deepest essence. It is wise, and it is not wounded, and it knows the direction of my life. And it will take care of everything that goes on in my life. And I will... Uh, I am accountable to it, and I, it is accountable to me because it is my soul. And so that is my what I call the divine nature within me, and I can trust it to be a process toward wholeness that is always going on. And so this event right here pushed me in another way toward wholeness. It pushed me to kind of go, okay, what is this really all about? What's really going on here? What can I do? That's, you know, different than what I have been doing by stay, sitting here terrified that uh, the government, the, the, the culture of America was turning to this darkness. Um, it's possible that America will turn to darkness. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. What I am saying is it's, it, the more we, uh, we people who think we're good can receive and accept that other side, the less power it has. Okay, so that's what's happening inside me as an individual. The more I can kind of go, okay, I'm really, really, really terrified here. And I'm really, really, really disappointed because my ideals have been shattered. The idea that I had of America is very different from the America that I see being projected out in front of me, uh, sort of, uh, and based on what I've heard in, in, uh, from on the news and the media. This is... This is how I saw it. So I, I saw a great deal of fear. And, and I, uh, I was emotionally battered because I thought, well, now it's all over. Every, all of my ideals, everything that I've hold, held as valuable and good and, and sacred is over. And that was a great, great, great disappointment to me as long as I was thinking that way. But as the day went by... And I allowed myself to meditate and I allowed myself to, 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 to open to the possibility that there was something else there besides just this enormous weight on my chest and, and that terrible fear from the night before. Um, I began to sort of go, okay, you know, what is this about my ideals? What, what does that mean? What, what, you know, why do I need to have these ideals about America and where I live? And my answer was, because it makes me feel safe. I need these ideas because they make me feel safe. But they aren't true, because there's darkness in, in, in America. And it's evident right now. It's very evident, the darkness that's out there. So I'm not, you know, I can't put my safety out there. I have to put my safety somewhere else. It has to be in me. And that helps me evolve to more wholeness. So I take back the power to create my own safety instead of giving it to someone else. So that makes me whole, more whole. And so you see how that works. The more I open to, the, to what, what, um, is, um, what is really happening, the more I am 
I am able to receive uh, the openness, the possibility that things are really better than I thought they were. If my safety doesn't depend on Donald Trump, then I'm a lot safer than I would be if my safety did depend on Donald Trump. If not, my safety depends on all the people who voted for Donald Trump, all the Republicans in Congress and the Senate. If, I, if my safety depends on them, then I'm in trouble. But if my safety depends on me, then now I'm responsible for that. And I've got to do what it takes to make me safe. And in the same way, it's the same is true with my ideals. What is my ideal? Well, one of my ideals is love. I really want the world to evolve deeper into its natural, organic love, which I believe every human has for everything and everyone else on the planet on a deep and very commonly unconscious level. Right now, it's pretty damn unconscious. So, we're, you know, we have a lot of hate going on out there. I've always said hate is love wounded. Hate is love scared. Hate is love afraid. Hate is love shamed. So what that means is that down under it all, there is love, but it's scared love. It's, it's, it's possessive love. It's, it's got to have it love. It's, um, it's uh, love that's confused with power. It's, it's all kinds of things that are distortions of love, because, but the bottom line energy is still love. I hurt. Um, I'm afraid because I love myself and I don't want you to hurt me. I'm afraid because I love you and I don't want to lose you. Uh, I feel ashamed because I love me and I don't and 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 it, you know, you're making me feel like I'm a bad person, or I'm making me feel like I'm a bad person. Um, these are the these are the messages that get distorted, but the bottom line is still love, and that's the piece we miss. And so, if we take that darkness and pretend it's not there. And, or pretend that it only belongs to other people, all we're doing is projecting our own powerful energy onto somebody else for them to take care of for us. So we don't have to become conscious of it. We don't have to pay attention to it. We don't have to deal with it except to be mad at those other people. But if I can take it back, if I can say, okay, I've got some hatred, what's that based in? You know, what's my, what is my, as a woman, what is my self-hatred? of myself because I'm a woman. What is that? We have we have inherited a legacy that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation up until the last 50 years. Up until just the last 50 years and it is far from over. That says that women are less than men. They should be submissive to men. They should let men run their lives. They, uh, up until the last century, they weren't allowed to own property or vote. They weren't allowed to, to really have any say in their lives whatsoever. The best they could do was find a good man to marry. That was the best they could do. And beyond that, there was no hope. And, and so how much of that is still in the unconscious in our psyche and we hate ourselves for it? Or the hate is a part of it. How much is, of us is reducing ourselves to less than and feeling ashamed of ourselves as women because we're not like other women? I hear women talk about this all the time. They assert themselves and then they apologize for having asserted themselves. They step forward into their lives and then they feel guilty about doing it. This is that misogyny. It's our own misogyny against ourselves. And if we own it, if we take back the power that it has to give us, then we can go, oh, 
I see. That's me hating me. That's me being the misogynist. That's me uh, owning my own misogyny so that I can go, okay, now I can hear that voice. I can hear the voice of my own self-hatred. I can hear the voice of the, the part of me that says I'm supposed to submit to men. I'm not supposed to hit that glass ceiling. I'm not supposed to, to, to be uh, out there and visible and, and assertive. I'm not supposed to be that. And I feel guilty when I am. I feel like the B word when I am. And so uh, when we begin to take that back, we begin to empower ourselves to step into our truest nature as a female, as a, as a feminine consciousness. And that doesn't look like masculine consciousness. It doesn't look at all like masculine consciousness that is very uh, overt or maybe even aggressive or machismo about it. It looks like feminine consciousness, which is I can be present with you in the same room and you don't intimidate me. I can be present with my own emotions and at the same time be present with you and you don't intimidate me because I know what's going on inside me and I can sense what might be going on in this dynamic between you and I. And that is a whole different thing that happens to us when we receive our shadow material about misogyny. So what I'm saying here is that that to be open to to the reception of our own shadow material means that we become more powerful. We become more of a unit. Individually, I become more of a unit with myself. I'm not split off so that my right hand's over here doing one thing and my left hand's over there doing another and neither one of them know what the other's up to. So much of our, our psychological problems, and I see it every day in my practice, has to do with not knowing what we're up to on one or the other side of our consciousness. So that we, we're, we're playing games with life and we don't even know we're doing it. So that we're, uh, we have uh, relationships issues that have to do with our, uh, what we're doing as a, as a game player in that relationship Instead of what we're doing as an authentic person in that relationship, because we're not, we can't be authentic. There's a big barrier in the way, and the big barrier is consciousness or lack of it, so that we don't realize that that shadow, that shadow is trying to help us wake up. the The pressure from our shadow material is trying to make us wake up, and that's where we are right now. We got some heavy duty pressure going on in the collective unconscious of America where there's a there's a real powerful push to hate to to overcome to be the winner to compete to to uh, to to look at each other with shame to be angry at each other to win the argument all of that is is a distortion of true masculine energy but it is masculine energy it's not coming from the feminine consciousness because the feminine consciousness doesn't need to compete with anybody else. She cares about what's going on inside of her and what she's picking up from, um, from the outside and she puts those together in a dance that may, uh, facilitates her awareness of how she should respond or will respond to this other person or this other situation. Um, so it's really important for us to, to, to take hold of that uh, power and give it back to ourselves instead of casting it out onto other people. What we think will happen when we start receiving our shadow is that we will become bad people over and we will feel ashamed of ourselves and we'll feel guilty and ugly and, you know, like we live in the swamp lands of, of some cesspool. 
Uh, and that's what we're afraid of. So we fear that, oh my God, if I go in there and see all that darkness that I have inside me, it's going to eat me alive and I'm just not going to survive it. But the reality is that once we begin to really honestly sit with and listen to our shadow material, it begins to show us voices that have nothing to do with being bad or murky or swampy. They have to do with our need to survive. They have to do with our the, uh, uh, the method we've chosen to survive, a coping mechanism. They have to do with an, a real energy of self-love that's been distorted. That's, that's what our shadow can put us in touch with. And so paying attention to that is really important. So in my process this morning, I became more aware of my own shadow material about misogyny, about the feminine consciousness, about whether or not I'm, I'm willing to really put my feminine consciousness out there, about how angry I am when people don't fit my ideal, about all of that. That's what I become conscious of, and that's what brings me to life. It brings me back to a plane of existence I can live on instead of feeling totally demoralized by something about which I can do absolutely nothing. I did all I could do about it yesterday when I voted. The rest of it isn't mine. And so I can take back my power now and live in that power and not live in I've got to somehow do something about the external world because it isn't mine. It isn't mine. My shadow is mine, however, and that's something I can do something about. So we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Sit back. Relax. Breathe. Reconnect to the still, small voice within. Take the time to make a weekly visit to the sounds of the heart. With host Sandy Goldstone, this unique program will help you cultivate and strengthen your heart's connection and feel love beauty, and joy. You don't need to fear or suffer. Heed the call. Say yes to living from the heart's truth. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join the evolving consciousness of humanity. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Visionary. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back for our final segment talking today about unity within diversity and diversity within unity. And what we have said thus far is that a big part of where we are today, the day after the election and the election in which the Electoral College elected Donald Trump, the popular vote elected Hillary Clinton. Uh, After that day, well, many of us are left with this very painful very dark awareness that dark things are happening in our country. Is it really true that the KKK was supportive of Donald Trump? Well, I saw the front page of the newspaper, so I'm going to say yes. Um, Is it true that most of the people who voted for Donald Trump were white and most of those were white men? I've seen the audience, and I'm thinking that, yeah, that's probably true. Um, Is it true that there's a lot of hatred and racism in that group of people? I've heard their comments. I've seen their replies. I've seen their posts. So I'm going to say, yeah, that's probably true. So what does that mean, if that's true? Does it mean that there's a they out there who's going to swallow up the country and And they're going to win and we're going to lose? Only if you look at it that way. If you look at it from the perspective of they have more power than we do, then I'm going to challenge that perspective every time. Because they don't have any more power over me than I give them. Okay? This is not about they and us, them out there and us in here. It's not about that. Um, it's about awareness. It's about awareness. That's what this is. It's a gigantic wake-up call from the universe to tell us to wake up to see our dark underbelly and to receive it with love and support like we would a child who just realized that, you know, he'd made a really bad mess on the floor. Um yeah, we, 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 we are so split off into fear and anger, you know. We're afraid because we're angry and we're angry because we're afraid. And we, are, we are, have this power differential that says the power belongs out there. Those people, that thing has the power over me. But it has no more power, as I said, than that which I give it. So what does that mean? That means that if I place my trust in the government to be the thing that takes care of me, then I'm probably going to be disappointed and I won't feel very well taken care of, particularly now if there's going to be passages of bills that remove such things as Social Security and Medicare. I can't rely on those things. If I'm going to be uh, taking care of myself, I'm going to have to rely on myself. 
And I don't know what that will mean. And I don't know what creative impulses will come along to say, okay, got to got to do this now. But but I know that it means that I'm responsible for me. And that doesn't mean me alone, me me and my identity, me and the Andrea Matthews that I've come to know and love. It means my soul. My my deepest essence is what's really truly taking care of me. Um, and I might not know how to do what to do today or even tomorrow, but eventually I'm going to figure out what to do and I'm going to do it, and then I'll be okay. Um, that's what I have power over. I don't have power over somebody else's ideas, uh, but I do have a connection with those other people, and that's what we forget in this in the midst of all of our fear and our anger and our and our own shadow material about hate. We forget that we are one with all these other people that we have squared off against and who have squared off against us. We forget that we are one with them. And that oneness is a divine energy in all of us. It is one and the same thing in every person on the planet. And it will accomplish what it came here to accomplish. And that we can trust. And that's a that's a... A piece that I really like to think about when I'm feeling afraid is that, is that uh, that I can trust that the oneness is going to carry me what it, where it's supposed to carry me in this lifetime, and and I can put that into reality because I can feel that happening in my soul, within me. It's not some abstract out there kind of God image. It's a inside of me soul image that's. A divine spark, if you will, or uh, a divine essence of who I am—that—that that is, the very roots of my system, and my system responds to its roots as life energy, and so I can trust that. I can trust those roots to get the tree to grow to where it's supposed to grow to. But that's not what we trust. We trust money. We trust houses. We trust other people to be good people if they're good people or bad people if they're bad people, according to our standards. We trust those outer things. We don't look inside of ourselves for an awareness of who we are and what, what we're all about. We trust the outside. And, and I do it too. When I'm scared, I trust what I, I, I misplace my trust. I take it outside of my soul and I give it to somebody else. And then I get really, really scared. And then I have to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to take that back because that's really mine. So the more we do that, the less afraid we'll be of other people and what they're going to do and what decisions they're going to make and how they're going to mess with my life. Um, and I think that's that's a huge part of taking back shadow material. So I said before, uh, before, after the end of the first break that I would talk about sorrow because that's where we are now. In this process, we're grieving. We're grieving the fact that the ideals that we thought were true don't seem to matter to a large portion of the population of America. And, uh, and that there's this darkness over there instead of those ideals. And that grief takes us deep down into a soul. And it, and it, and it forces us to look deeper, to go deeper, to sit with what's deeper, to be present with what's deeper to allow what's deeper to just be there and 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 be heard um, 
And what's what's deeper about those ideals is that we rely on those ideals as if they gonna, they were going to protect us. You know, I must have these ideals because they make me feel safe, as we said earlier. Uh, and the people who don't have those ideas, I need to shame them into developing these ideals because if I can just shame them enough, then they'll come around. And I can tell you, having grown up with uh, the generation parent, of parents that I had and many of you had, uh, that shame does not make one uh, stop doing something or start doing something else. It does not create a vortex of, 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 of energy that pushes us to behave better. It only makes us feel bad, feel worthless, feel less than. And, and so, you know, we're not going to shame ourselves into changing. We're not going to shame other people into changing. We're not going to shame ourselves as a nation into changing. It's not going to work. That doesn't work. Um, what, what might work is loving, truly loving, not pretending to love, not being the good person who pretends to go out there and love and be kind to other people, but really loving. And the first step in order for us to do that is for us to be able to love ourselves fully, even in all the darkness of our own shadow material. As we do that, then we can reach out to other people with a lot, a kind of genuineness that, uh, does, doesn't smack of, of, uh, fake uh, kindness. Um, you know, when, when you do something that's genuine for somebody, they know that it's genuine. You can feel that. Uh, when you do something for somebody who is, and it's not genuine, they can also feel that. They know you're doing it because you think you have to or because it makes you too a good person or, it, it, you know, you feel guilty if you don't or those kinds of things. They know. We know when somebody's being sincere with us and when we don't. And we know it from that deep inner part of us. So sorrow will get us to that deep inner part of us. And what begins to happen when we feel sorrow is the tectonic plates of who we are begin to shift. Now, we've called this an earthquake election. And I think that's a good name for it because it's creating an earthquake inside individuals. An earthquake that begins with sorrow that sorrow begins to stand in a different place inside of us. Sorrow forces us to stand in a different place inside of us when we allow sorrow to have its say. We don't try to push it away or pretend it's not there or, or let it ro- uh, uh, you know, shame ourselves out of it and tell ourselves it's self-pity. We need to get off our pity pot. No, sorrow is genuine. It cries. It feels the pain. And, it, and things begin to shift inside of us. And we are very different after having experienced a sorrow. You, you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. I've experienced it myself, and maybe you have too, where, where you go through this intense period of grief about a loss of someone or something, and you, you come out of it more grounded, more aware that life can make us have to deal with tough things, but also more aware that you're okay on a real whole different level. You're okay at a deeper place where you can stand inside yourself and just know that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to figure it out as we go. It'll be all right. I'm not so afraid of life anymore. Why? Because I've let myself feel the worst. And not only have I survived it, but I've allowed it to change me. And that's what we can do here. We can allow this election to change us 
at a deep core level so that we transform into more of who we are instead of splitting ourselves off between the good part of me and the bad part of me. The good part of me has all these ideals and wants to live into these ideals and wants other people to live into these ideals and the bad part of me, well, let's just project that onto those bad people over there. We don't want to look at it. That's how we've lived for centuries now here in America. The time has come for us to stop living that way, for us to start owning what is truly ours, and that is the darkness and the light that is inside all of us. The more I own my darkness, the more I'm able to own my light. So that's a sound bite you can take home with you. The more I own my darkness, the more I can own my light. And they are both powerful, powerful life changers, powerful energies that give us uh, a focused uh, transparency that has to do with wholeness and and uh, getting down to the root cause of our lives, which is love. Love is the root cause of our lives. And, and sorrow and looking at our shadow material can help us get down to that root cause and begin to live from it in a real genuine way. So this election offers us an opportunity uh, to really get down into our shadow material as a culture and to begin to receive other people and open to allowing them to be where they are whether we would call that blindness or whether, whatever we call, want to call it, it's also in us. We can't say it's just in them. So when we find it in ourselves, then we're able to go and embrace those other people as well. And when we do that, we offer them the opportunity to look at the light in themselves by looking at the darkness in themselves. And, and they may or may not take that opportunity, but it is definitely being offered. Okay, so that's what I got for you today about this election. Very painful time for many of us, but an opportunity for us all to grow into more wholeness, which is what's, what we're being pushed to do. Remember, we'll be back next week, and remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.